All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And uh, today we're doing more of Talking Torah. Talking Torah. And we appreciate you taking a minute to stop and check this out. And we're doing a, a new thing where we're doing the, the Torah portions. And uh, thank you for fixing that. And um, we're going to look at, how did you say it? Vayer. Vayer. He appeared. Yes. Who's the he? He is Yahweh. Ah, Yahweh appeared. Seems like it might be important. Yes. And this one uh, gets, uh, you know, this one could have a R rating. Yeah. For, for those of you with sensitive ears. Yes. Hide your be, children. Yes. <laughs> there may be some things that um, you may not want them to know about at the moment, and you might have to educate them um, when the time is right. Yes. But this is uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. A lot more. Yes. So and there is a sounds lot Sounds exciting. A lot more. And so Genesis, what is the, for some reason, oh, I'm going to hide this. Genesis, what, 18? 18, 1 to 22, 24. So that is where we find ourselves. So so almost immediately in this story, we see there's a meal, there's hospitality. These people, these angelic beings, if you will, come to Abraham, have a meal. And uh, Jake pointed out it was kind of like the Last Supper. Right. Um, they come and uh, wash their feet and have a meal. And then, I mean, I guess that's where the similarities end, except for the fact that after that, something else happens. Right, which mm-hmm. is Day of Atonement. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a, you see this judgment happen, but first you see uh, Feast of Trumpets kind of uh, verbiage where there's this outcry. Um, and you see mercy. There's mercy involved uh, in the fact that Lot gets to escape, Lot and his family. Yeah. Um, and so their legend has it that Lot preached in Sodom and he tried to convert the people very similar to what you see with uh, Jonah and Nineveh. But uh, in this case for a lot, it didn't work out like that. Yeah. So um, they more affected him. Yeah. It would seem. And you've got uh, that we discussed, there's not really trumpets, but it's the concept of trumpets and the outcry. And there's this, it says in the text that he hears, hears an outcry. And we don't know if that's the land outcrying for the blood that was split, spilt or Lot's family crying out. Right. But I don't, I don't really think it's Lot's family crying out because they are, yeah. they seemed a little reluctant to reluctant leave. To leave it's yeah. not that you don't really get this in the text that they're like, Oh, we're so glad you're here to save us. They're kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah, we got to do what? What's happening. Mm, okay. What do I have to do that? Yeah. Does he really mean he's going to do that? So it's not real clear in the no. text. What, who is crying out to, to Yahweh to look over at Sodom and, and fix the situation. But, uh, it does say that there's an outcry yeah. and he hears it and, and reacts. So and, it's almost like there's this, sped up ver- like version of the feast days and what they represent going on in this story. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty fascinating. Definitely something to check out and research. And he talks along with that, the smoke of a furnace, you know, was alluded to here, which all kind of fits like in time. I mean, it does seem like a model of end times apocrypha where right. you have the father coming and warning and trying to call his people out one more time before it's too late. Yeah. And then there's a moment when it is too late. And if you haven't listened, you're going down in flames. Yeah. And there's only a small remnant that comes out of it. Yeah. 
and you have this whole thing of, you know, um, don't look back. We'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, we call this the R-rated por- portion where there's this negotiation with Abraham. And he's like saying, you know, he starts with a big number and it keeps getting smaller about, you know, if you find this many righteous and all the way down to a very small number. How many was right. it? At the I end? think it started with 50 and went down to 10. Yeah. And so and they didn't even find 10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And which is interesting, it's another example of grace in the Old Testament. Yeah. It's another example of Yahuwah listening to his people, listening to his servant, having compassion. And then you've got this whole creepiness of the angels and the men like pounding on the door. Let us have these men for weird craziness, for sure. Yes. They just wanted to know them. Yes. (laughs) Just wanted to get to know them. That's all it is. And, you know, this is another proof text of there were people who wanted to have relations with angels. It's clear that that there is something that, you know, these people recognized that these people that came to visit might be different or it was just the custom. Either way, I mean, it's just lots of weirdness. Yeah. And I think uh, with the negotiation thing with I, I really like that part of it because I see that as uh, Abraham is really he's not questioning Yahweh. He's, he's, uh, inquiring of him. You know, Mm. he's, he's trying to figure out Yahweh's character here. Yeah. He's learning. And then you have this whole terrible story, which kind of peels back the curtain a little bit on Lot where he's like, take my daughters. They've never been with a man. And the whole time you can see the mother of the daughters being like, I mean, like, what are you you saying? You shut up. You shut up. (laughs) Uh, You know, maybe she probably didn't do that. That probably wouldn't have been cool at the time. But in her mind, she was probably doing worse to him (laughs) at that moment. And so, and the daughters are like, dad, (laughs) you know, what is your relationship with your father like? Clearly, we're going to find out. Yeah. (laughs) But it can't be good after you hear your dad say such a thing. Right. And maybe, you know, you're just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bad situation. Right. Um, well, I think maybe it shows how desperate people will get in the last days. Maybe. Yeah. It's a, it's a great example of that. Yeah. And so you see the salt pillar thing and, you know, she's told not to look back uh, and to leave it all behind. Another reference of like we talked about with Abraham, like we've talked about before about being mixed in with Babylon and the the father calling us out to leave it behind. He doesn't want us to long for the leaks back in Egypt. Uh, And uh, she was clearly going, hey, it wasn't, wasn't that bad back there. And, you know, turns around and. The rest is history. And the thought that, you know, one of the daughters was left back. Hmm. So it's, uh, you have a lot of things going on here that you have the idea of leave your family to go with where Yahweh wants you to go. You have the idea of, uh, being uh, called out holy and set apart. Yeah. And you have the idea of repenting, even though they're not perfected, right? They're as they're leaving, uh, Sodom, that's repentance. And there's no, real uh punishment until you stop repenting and turn back towards sodom Mm -hmm. just like we see in egypt and then you have another crazy story this time lot gets drunk like noah did and bad stuff happens 
Don't get drunk. <laughs> yes. Bad stuff happens. And then uh, you get the Moabites out of this, and uh, you get you get this weird story where these girls, right after it happens, are like, it's the end of the world. There's no one else left to populate. We must do this. And it's like, how did you jump there so fast? Did You forgot you had a uncle out there named Abram, Abraham. And you forgot that the, <laughs> the uh, messengers were telling you to go to the city yeah. and you chose the mountains. Yes. Like, yes. So yeah. there's something there that Such a they, crazy weren't, story. they weren't getting it. Yeah. Well, they were, there's something there. That yeah. We don't really have the whole story. Yeah. Definitely a lot of ew mm-hmm. in this whole, whole part of the story. It's just, ugh. Weird. Yeah. And then you get the whole thing with Isaac and Ishmael, the conflict with the mothers. It's like, duh. I mean, of course there's going to be conflict when it goes down the way it did. And these two mothers are going to have some issues. Yeah. And so, you know, and Abraham is kind of like, whatever, do whatever you need to do. And so she does and treats her terribly. And she goes out in the wilderness and it says that Yahuwah, once again, he hears this crying out in the wilderness and he and, sends his messengers. And he responds. He takes yeah. care of them. And I believe that he takes care of them mostly because of their connection to Abraham. Yeah, it um, says when uh, in the text that they're blessed because of Abraham. Yeah. It, it pretty much says that. Yeah. So you have that that happens. And then you've got, you know, so that was R-rated. Well, what about human sacrifice? Is that R-rated? Probably. Super. <laughs> and so you have this next, and you see that Isaac is willing. Isaac, at this point, it's debatable how old he is. But, you know, I feel like he's clearly old enough to take down a 100-plus-year-old man. And, yes, they age differently. But by the time you get to Abraham, the time span, his lifespan is much shorter. Right. And so he could he, have at least outran him, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking Isaac could have been, he could have punched him in, or hit him where it hurts and ran away. Uh, and yeah, I think that would have been easy for Isaac to do, but it, Isaac shows his character that he was willing. He's a willing sacrifice. And and he's old enough at some point to realize, wait a minute, because you kind of allude to that here where you, you can kind of see Isaac's wheels are turning like, wait a minute, what's the sacrifice? Whoa, hey. <laughs> I um, see what you're doing here. Okay, if that's what it's got to be, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then the the ram. There's a yeah. ram in the thicket, and um, so to me, this if you do a study on thorns and their relation to sin, you see it in Gen- in the beginning uh, when they're kicked out of the garden. You'll plow the field, uh, and the thorns you'll have to deal with. Um, it all came because of sin. Uh, this is another example of uh, the thicket. Is if you look in the in the text, it's a thorn bush. Um, and if you imagine a yearling ram just getting its horns and not really knowing how to, con- you know, where its head can fit, if you've seen animals do that. Um, and I just imagine this ram getting its head stuck in the thorn bushes by its antler, by its horns, not antlers. And so it's like wearing this crown of thorns, That's obviously good. symbolizing Messiah. And uh, like you were bringing up the burning bush situation yeah yeah, it's kind of like uh, another burning bush kind of moment uh, that seems significant in 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 the life of abraham for sure and you know all i could think of was the kid that um in the school desk that tries to stick his head (laughs) through the little hole and they've got a hacksaw him out (laughs) yeah so 
yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Young, young, uh, young bucks sometimes uh, don't understand their limits. Right. We should say. It's a good yeah. way to put it. So when you do see this concept of the only begotten son, and it does seem like a test that Abraham passes with flying colors. Yeah, he Yahweh says that after this, that um, because you were willing to offer your son, I'll offer my only son. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, one real quick. Yeah. So when Abraham turns around, I've heard I've heard this idea before. When Abraham turns around, it's the Hebrew thought of that is that when you look back, you see forward because everything's cyclical. Mm-hmm. So when he was looking back and seeing the ram in the thicket, he was seeing Yeshua on the cross. Mm, that's good. That's good. There's a lot here, and there's a lot more than than we're going. Yeah. Than we, you know, just hitting the highlights. Yes, yes. Trying to go through quick, and then you know, where does this happen? It's kind of interesting. Mount Moriah. You know, it sounds like Lord of the Rings, but yeah, it sounds not. like some random area. And so when you look up Mount Moriah, well, what do you know? You find out it's the Temple Mound in Jerusalem. Um, uh, and so right at uh, you know, and just like Jake was saying, you know, it, it makes sense that. Um, I know this could be uh, weird for some of you who have never thought about this, but it very likely could be the spot where Yeshua is crucified and the blood drips down actually on the Ark of the Covenant um, or, you know, or on the Holy of Holies. So um, definitely some interesting concepts there, but, it, you know, there's no shocker um, that, uh, that it would happen here. Right. Uh, and, you know, way before any of this is here. So, yeah, I think a, a lot of like... Early on, when you're looking into this stuff, you don't realize Jerusalem was from way back then. Yeah, Salem. And, and it's a very, yeah, it says Salem most of the time early on, and it just carries through. And then it talks about the Oaks of Mamre, and that's always been kind of interesting to me because in this story early on, you see lots of references to the Oaks of Mamre. Yeah. And so here is a picture of what's supposed to be one of Abraham's oaks of Mamre that's really old and they've had to support it and help hold it up. So it is kind of interesting. Um, it's definitely a, a concept that I'm not quite sure that I understand what it means other than it could stand for rest and refuge and protection, comfort. So I did find this uh, funny cartoon about it. So I like how it says, like, do you smell smoke? No, but I smell salt. And then you have uh, the pillar of salt here. And she says, oh, this was totally worth being turned into a pillar of salt for. Was it? Was it indeed? I don't think so. Now, I know uh, supposedly this pillar of salt still was up in the time of Yeshua. Um, that's what, that's what Josephus says. And he says that he knew he had seen this pillar of salt. Yeah. Yeah. So good. That's a interesting. Good, a good visual reminder. So the Yahuwah does have a lot of visual reminders like this for his people. And, uh, that's one you would not forget. And so this is kind of the area we're talking about. A lot of people believe Sodom and Gomorrah was down here in the bottom of the Dead Sea and might even be part of the reason that, okay, so let's think about this. The lowest spot on the planet happens to be at the Dead Sea, probably where Sodom and Gomorrah was, and there was a giant 
explosion and it makes sense that uh, at a place where the earth swallows up a city that it might be connected to the lowest point on earth might be some sinkhole activity there yes yes so and you can see the location of mamre hebron shechem um, you know all of in salem all of these are you know places in the story that uh, we've just discussed so i think it's good to kind of look up maps and try to have an understanding of where some of this happens. You know, the maps are always the thing at the back of the book that I didn't pay much attention to. Yeah. Um, actually, I did because I'm kind of a map nerd. Map, 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 map. Maps. Maps, maps. So, and here you see it again, Mamre, Hebron, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, and you've got the Dead Sea over here on the right, and the ocean is on the left, if you will, on the map, and it shows you that. Yeah. And so then you know this is just another map. Uh, I like the fireworks in. here. On yes, that. I do. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know. Could you argue argue it's like a nuclear bomb goes off? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this was this was bad. And it does say, incidentally, it rains what fire and brimstone. Brimstone. Yeah. Yes. So you know, and uh, we see that also in Egypt. And then you see it again in end time. So clearly it, there are some, a lot of end time references to this. Yeah. Things to, uh, you know, I don't want to be in that. I want to be rescued. Yes. And then is that it? Yep. That yep. looks like it. I think that's it. So, uh, you know, once again, we're trying to do quick overviews of these Torah portions. Uh, they're meant to be kind of fast and furious. And uh, we, we want you to go read these Torah portions and, and check it out. See, see, see what you think and try to read it with an open mind. And anything else? Nope. I think there's a ton of stuff in this Torah portion. So uh, pay attention while you're reading through it. Yes, there's a lot here. A lot more than we can do in the time we've allowed it here. So Yeah, so if you like this kind of content, let us know and uh, give us a like and subscribe and all that. Please share this with others. And yeah. thank you for stopping by to check out Sabbath Lounge. I'll